Amen, amen. We're having church this morning. Hey, good to see you today. Good morning. Oh, my word. Good morning. There we go. Good morning. Good to see you. Good morning to those that are online today. If you're new and we haven't met, my name's Kyle. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're excited about Jesus. Amen. He is so good. He wants to change hearts and change lives. I want to celebrate a couple things with you. I want to brag on the Lord this morning before we get into everything. Um, last weekend, we did several baptisms, and on Monday night, we told you last week that we were going to baptize three at our celebrate recovery service. We baptized five. We had two more. How about that? That is awesome. And so we're excited about that. Um, We also want to give God praise. This last Wednesday night at youth group, we had a student for the very first time accept Jesus into her heart. How about that? Give the Lord praise for that. And you know, it's not about numbers. Sometimes you hear a lot of numbers. It's not about numbers, but numbers do represent people. Amen. They represent people and they represent stories. On Monday night, we've had CR going. We've been in the 40s. Uh, Mark, our CR director, said we had 67 people Monday night. Let's give God a hand for that. That's awesome. And you know, I also want to share something with you. Um, people are getting baptized, people are getting saved, and people are getting called into ministry. And so Madison Collins, I'm just going to ask you to stand real quick. I don't want to embarrass you, but Madison feels God's calling her to be a children's pastor. How awesome is that? So give God a hand for that. That is awesome. Folks, we're seeing people get saved, people get baptized, people called into ministry. People get saved, people get baptized, people get called into ministry. God is good. Amen? That is so good. Oh, folks, you're not clapping now. Come on now. At 5.30, at 5.30 when the Chiefs beat the 49ers, everybody's going to be like, yeah, right? See, now you get all excited about that. Let's get excited about people's lives being changed. Amen? Amen? So... I don't know if you're paying attention or not, but God is doing some things in our church, and we need to give God praise for that. Folks, wouldn't it be awesome if not only in our church, but in the churches and around our community, God would just send revival, and people would start coming to know Jesus, and their lives being changed, and people reaching out. That's, that's exciting. That really fits into where we're at in the series, the important stuff. We're talking about the important stuff. We covered a lot of stuff, and today we're talking about fellowship. And when we think about fellowship, I don't know what you think about, but sometimes when we think of fellowship, we think of like, you know, you're, you ever been somewhere, maybe you're going to a Super Bowl party tonight and you kind of know people there and you're like, you know, how's it going? Good. How's things going? Well, making a lot of money. Yeah, I didn't ask your salary. Just wondering how things were going. (laughs) And how's your kids? Again, didn't ask their salary. Just wondering how things were going. Right, and you have this small talk with them, and you share some food, and you know, or you get together at work, and you talk about what's going, you know, you go and watching the game, or you talk about at work how something's going, and and there's nothing wrong with that kind of fellowship, and we're we're called to have friends outside the church because we can't reach people if we don't know people, amen. But the, the, the fellowship that I'm talking about is not that surface level stuff that we all have to do, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies stuff. I'm talking about the fellowship where we pray for each other, where we support each other, where we encourage each other. I'm talking about God's design for the church, God's plan for his people. Folks, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you're a part of the family of God. 
And as a part of that family, we're connected to each other, and he has a plan for his people. And that plan includes fellowship, not the surface level stuff, but the deep stuff, fellowship among believers. In fact, let's read that on the screen. God's plan for his people includes fellowship among believers, right? I was thinking, what does that mean? I found this definition. It's not all inclusive, but I like this. It says, we're united to one another, not by surface level talks and liking the same ball team and our kids on the same travel team or sports team or gym team or synchronized swimming team or racquetball team or tennis team or golf team or chess club. No, we're united to one another by common what? Beliefs and purposes and goals, right? Folks, I'm here today to remind some of us who've been a part of the church a long time that we need each other. And I'm here today, for those of you who've never been heard this before, God wants us to be connected to him and connected to each other, right? He wants the vertical relationship between us and God, but he also wants the horizontal relationship between us and each other. Whether you like this or not, we need each other. He didn't call us to, to live life alone. He called us to live life together. Some of you have heard the term early church. Maybe you don't know what it is, but you've at least heard the term. And the early church was the first generation church that, that God began to spread his message with. And I'm going to, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn with me to Acts chapter 2, or we'll also have it on the Church Center app, we'll have it on the screen as well, but we're going to read a passage of Scripture that kind of describes the culture that was happening, right? Um, this week, I got to go to Georgia with some other pastors, and this, this church that we went and visited, um, this pastor went, and again, it's not about numbers, but numbers do represent people, and while we were there, we learned this guy, he became the pastor there in 2013. I think there was like, he said 300 people. He's still the pastor there today. Sort of like 6,000 people in that amount of time. God, this is crazy what God is doing. And so people go down there. And one of the questions they kept asking was, what's the culture, right? Anybody been to Chick-fil-A before, right? You kind of realize the culture, Okay, I'm just going to tell you, I, I love the deli. There's a culture there. It's, it could be a ball game, a ball team. It could be a church. It could be a business like Chick-fil-A. It could be a school. It could be anything. But culture is important. Culture matters. And there's a culture that happens in the early church that allows things to take place and to grow and fellowship to happen. So in Acts chapter 2, um, at the beginning, in Acts chapter 1, they're waiting on the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. They're getting excited and they want to go and, and share Jesus. And they're like, no, you need to wait. So in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes and it fills them and fills the room. All of them are gathered together. They begin to speak in other native languages of people and people get saved. Peter preaches this fire message and the early church is just set on fire for Jesus. And at the end of Acts chapter 2, it starts talking about the culture of what's happening. There's revival happening. Every day people are getting saved. So here's what Luke writes. He says, all the believers, not just some of the believers, but all the believers, they were devoted to some stuff. They weren't devoted to talking about each other. They weren't devoted to trying to find faults in their body, right? Some churches, they spend more time talking about people in the church than trying to bring people to church and more importantly, bring people to God. They weren't devoted to being divisive. They weren't devoted to isolating they weren't devoted to all those things. It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to the what? Fellowship, Fellowship right? 
Not just that surface level fellowship, but that pray for me, pray for you, encourage, support, alongside type of fellowship. And to sharing meals. I like the meals. Anybody else like a meal? Right? Come on, everybody else is lying. No one likes to eat. <laughs> and they're sharing meals. And they're not just sharing any meals. They're also reminding themselves when they eat the Lord's Supper, they're reminding themselves of what Christ has done and what they're commissioned to. They're living on mission, right? You don't hear that word a lot, but they're living on mission. And then they were devoted to prayer. Imagine that. We just came out of a time of praying. We're called to pray. Pray for, what, pray for each other. Pray for our world, right? So if you're looking at ingredients, they were devoted to teaching. They were devoted to fellowship, to breaking bread together. It's just crazy how people gather together to eat something. Have you ever noticed that? And they were devoted to prayer. And then it says, all the believers, they met where, church? Let's try that again. They met where? They met together in where? In one place, right? Folks, we're called to be together, right? I'm so grateful that we have online, and we actually have online this service. And sometimes we treat online like it's our main way to do church. And if you're using online, I'm so glad you, you are. We have people in nursing homes that can't be here. We have people that are sick. We have people that are just tired and need some time off. But when you think of online, it's really kind of supposed to be treated like a spare tire. Aren't you grateful for a spare tire when you need one? Is that not important, right? Have you ever got your spare tire and it's flat? That stinks, right? <laughs> but, but it's important to have a spare tire, and occasionally we need to take that break. But the reality is we're not designed to just drive on a spare tire all the time. And we're grateful for online. We're glad you're online. But we hope that all of us would at some point make, take the step to be connected together in one place, worshiping. And then it says they shared stuff. It says they shared what, church? Everything, Everything they had. They shared everything. Now, some of us, we don't like to share, but we see that one of the attributes of the early church is they shared everything they had. They sold their property. Oh, pastor's going to ask me to sell my house. Nope, I'm not asking you. But the reality is that's what they did. They sold their property, and they sold their possessions, and they shared their money with people that needed it, or who? With those in need, right? With those in need. And then Luke describes what's taken place. So they're, they're gathering together. They're praying together. They devoted themselves to teaching and worship and eating together and sharing meals and, and having communion together and praying together. And then there's a byproduct that happens. Did you know that healthy things grow organically? A deep sense of awe came over who? Them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And then it said they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes. Could be kind of like small groups. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy. And then there was this attitude of generosity. Because the character and nature of God is generosity. And then, I mean, this, this scripture right here could be the message. All the while, 
All while this is happening, they were complaining about carpet color, and they were complaining about they didn't sing enough songs, or too many songs, or, no, it says all the while they were praising who? They were praising God. And then something else was happening. They were enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Folks, I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church I'd like to be a part of. And then something else was happening. Each day, the Lord did what? Added to their fellowship those who were being saved, right? We see in that passage of Scripture some ingredients that created great fellowship. So I want to talk about that for just a little bit today. I've got three thoughts this morning uh, before we get out of here today. And the first one is this. As, as you look at this ingredient, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were saved. Folks, sometimes we think that because we go to church, we're saved, or because we come to church, we're a part of the family of God, or because our grandma or our uncle or someone we know is a part of the family of God, that we're part of the family of God. Now, here's the good news. Every person has the opportunity to be a part of the family of God. Amen? Amen? But the reality is, we aren't a part of the family of God just because we were born. Now, we were created in the image of God, Genesis 1.27 tells us. But the way that we are a part of the family of God is when we ask Jesus into our heart and invite him in. And not only when we invite him in does he come in, but he fills us with his spirit. And we become children of God, and then we start to bear fruit, right? Like somebody does us wrong or somebody that we care about. And in the beginning, before Jesus, we were filled with flesh. And when they do us wrong, we want to hate them. But then when we have Jesus in our heart, all of a sudden, instead of being filled with hate and revenge and grudge holding, We're filled with that first fruit of the Spirit. If you know it, say it with me. Love. See, you can't have the family of God. You can't be the family of God. You can't allow God to enable you to help other people if we're not filled with God's Spirit. And in order to be filled with God's Spirit, we need to be saved. And when we're saved, we start looking like Jesus. Ephesians tells us, I think it's Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of Christ. And then things happen in our life and we're not happy, but we learn through the Spirit. We don't have to be happy. We can be filled with joy, love, joy. And then there's turmoil going on in our lives, but we're filled with the Spirit. Stay with me for a minute. We had this encounter with Jesus, and he changed us. And we start loving people that we used to hate. And we start having joy when when things around us aren't great. And instead of being so impatient, God fills us with long-suffering and kindness and goodness, and on it goes. And that's what was happening in in the book of Acts. It says, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, I think it's important for us to remember a couple things. God's grace is free to us. It cost him his life, but he gives it to us freely. Aren't you glad? But I think it's important for us to understand that while his grace is free, we are still called to seek Jesus. I was listening, I was at that, shared with you, I was at a conference in Georgia this last week, and 
Uh, a friend of mine, his name's Dale Schaefer. He's a district superintendent in Florida. He said this. He said, it's your job to seek to be strengthened in the Lord. I got to thinking about that. Because sometimes we sit around and we're just waiting miraculously to have this close relationship with God. While God offers us grace, it's our job to seek him and to be close to him. David had a bunch of stuff going off on in the, in the Old Testament. I don't have time to get into all of that, but he had a bunch of stuff going on. He was in great danger and all these guys were very bitter about losing their sons and they're frustrated with him. And they begin to talk about stoning him. Now, back then, stoning meant something different than it means now, okay? It's okay to laugh, guys. Come on. I can't believe he said that. No, you didn't. Back then, stoning meant they would take rocks and they would stand them over there and they just Mahomes him all day, right? And just sit there and throw at him and throw at him. How long do you think it would take to kill somebody throwing stones at him? That'd be a long death. You ever ask somebody, how's your week going? Terrible. Everything's terrible. And sometimes it really is. And I think if you were to ask David, how's it going? It's terrible. I made some bad decisions and there's turmoil and there's a bunch of stuff going on and people want to kill me and they're stressed out and there's all this stuff going on. But then there's that last sentence there. Let's read it. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. Folks, it is so important. I just want to say this right now. There's a term called soul care. And soul care just simply means that you are taking care of your soul. And the way that you take care of your soul is to be intentional about spending time with Jesus about spending time in his word, about taking the time to connect with him. David found his strength, not in himself, but in the Lord. And folks, we, if we take the time, can find strength in him. Well, we see that they were filled with the spirit, but we also notice that they spent time together consistently. Remember, we read this earlier. They worshiped together at the temple. They met in homes. They shared meals they had great joy. They had this attitude of, of generosity. Folks, we are called to be connected to each other. Again, that same conference I was at, this guy said this, and I thought this was so powerful. Isolation is lethal. You know, when you think about that, like in the animal kingdom, you watch like a, a National Geographic or something, and there's somebody on there going, look at the lion as he prowls across the bride. You see these wildebeests, and when I was a kid, I was like, tell them to run, run, right? Just run. I'm like, and I'm thinking, why isn't the cameraman stopping this? Okay? It took me a while to figure out, oh, yeah, that's, they're just there to film it, not to stop anything. And you see them lurking, and they never attack the middle where people are, to, well, animals are where? What is it? Together. Together. They always attack the one who's disconnected from the group. They always they attack the one that's not paying attention. The one that's young but not connected to the to the bigger body of I got to thinking about that because in our in our lives, folks, the Bible tells us if we hide God's word in our heart, it helps us not to sin against him. That's what scripture says. 
But the Bible also tells us that unrelated to whether or not we're really close to God or we're just starting our relationship with God or we don't even know God, right? That whole, that whole spectrum, I don't know God, right? I'm kind of connected to God or I'm really close to God. It doesn't matter where you're at on that spectrum. The Bible tells us independent of that, your enemy, the devil, is seeking like a roaring lion to devour, right? We've all lost our keys before or lost something and you're in a hurry. You're not looking for it. You're seeking it, right? You're trying to find it. It's that same context that we see with the enemy. He's seeking. But the cool thing is we don't have to be in fear because God has our back. And as we're connected to him and connected to his people and connected to his word, we don't have to live in fear. Amen? Perfect love drives out fear, scripture tells us. So we don't have to live in fear. But the reality is there's a danger when we're not connected to the body. And God created fellowship, this idea that we're talking about today. God created fellowship, not just with people that that don't know Jesus for those surface level things and those friendships. I'm, I'm not demeaning that at all. It's important to have friendships with people. But God created fellowship within the body to hold us accountable, to encourage us, to support us, to comfort us. Because we have common, common um, purposes and goals. So I would just say today, maybe somebody online, or maybe you're back for the first time. This isn't just a quote by some pastor that says isolation is lethal. We see that in every part of life. It's important for us to stay connected You know, it's one thing, even when we come to church, it's one thing to just come and kind of sit and just absorb. And we have times in our life where we've been hurt, we've been broken, and it's good for us to come and and sit and soak and take in and worship. Next week, February 18th, we're going to have a worship night, and we're just going to come together, and we're going to worship, and we're going to praise, and we're going to, there's no preaching, so you guys will be happy about that, right? And we're just going to come together and worship. There's times for that. But folks, being the church is more than just going going to church. Going to church and being the church are two different things. God calls us to live in community together. The early church, they were filled with the Spirit. They did life together consistently, and they lived a purpose-driven life together. Together. I mean, think about it. Remember what they were talking about? They were devoted themselves to a few things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing meals, and to prayer. Teaching, fellowship, and being together and staying connected. We see here in this passage of scripture the, the, the culture that is required to see God move. And folks, I would just simply ask you this question as we think about this today, as we're dealing with this today. Are you living on mission? Are you devoted to, you know, we hear this statement a lot, like people make time for what they want to make time for. How many of us believe that? I mean, I believe it, right? We make time for what we want to make time for. To me, when I hear the word devoted, right, this early church was devoted to the gospel spreading. They they devoted themselves to teaching and fellowship and prayer. What about us? Because honestly, 
We're devoted to whatever we spend our time doing. It's no secret that if you pay attention at all, I'm a big Chiefs fan. And some of you are as well. Give yourselves a hand if you got red on today, okay? I realize you have, always have a certain group of people that don't give a flying rip about church, so you just have to talk, or flying rip about football. So just have to give, you just have to tolerate us today if you don't give a flying, raise your hand if you don't give a flying rip. Come on, we got some honest people in here. All right, bless you. You guys have to tolerate us today, okay? And when I was in high school, the Chiefs were really good. They had Steve Bono as quarterback. Does anybody remember him? He had a, Jason's like, yeah, man. He had a 76-yard rollout and ran down the field against the Cardinals. And then there was this kicker named Lynn Elliott. If any of you are related to Lynn Elliott, I apologize now. How many remember Lynn Elliott? For those of you old enough, all he has to do, man, is kick it down the middle. You got one job. Was it wide right or wide left? Do we remember, Jace? It was wide right, right? That was a big deal to me in 1995. I followed them closely. I could tell you the third string guard on their team. I knew all this stuff. You want to know in 2024, even though I was devoted, we're talking about devoted, I was devoted to that following them. Do you want to know what their win-loss record means today? Nothing. That's depressing, right? It's okay to be a fan of something. It's okay to enjoy things. But we can't be so devoted to them that we lose the big picture, right? Folks, in our life today, it may not be football. But when we put something else other than God in first place in our lives, and we're devoted to that thing, that's a sin. That's called an idol. And the reality is, Jesus died for us, and and he wants us to be in fellowship with him, but also in fellowship with each other. And some of the time, we spend more of our, our life and our energy devoting to things that don't matter in the long run. There's nothing wrong with travel sports. There's nothing wrong with dance. There's nothing wrong with ball. There's nothing wrong with chess. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But we need to raise our kids so that they are devoted to Jesus more than all of those things. We need to live our lives in such a way that those things we can have, but they don't have us. Because whoever wins this year, I think it'll be the Chiefs, if you want to know my personal opinion. But next year... Two years from now, three years from now, all it is is a memory, and it doesn't really matter. What does matter is that Jesus died. What does matter is that he wants us connected to him. And the reason he wants us connected to each other is not just to be connected to each other. It's to spur one another on. It's to help each other. Folks, just in my own personal life, there's been times where I'm kind of down and someone will give me a text, just something encouraging. We can do the same thing for each other. Folks, as followers of Christ, we are in fellowship together and we have a divine purpose. We're united to one another by common beliefs, purposes, and goals. 
God's plan for his people includes fellowship among his believers. So I got to thinking about this as the band comes up today. I had this action step for us, okay? And this is going to make you kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit, okay? So when someone tells you something and you don't necessarily want to hear it, you, everybody gets kind of tense, okay? And so when some, I need to tell you something, Dad. I need to tell you, you know, your kids come home or somebody goes, I've got some bad news, right? Or I've got news, may not even bad, I've got news. Everybody just kind of goes, okay? So I want us all to do this. This isn't bad news, this is good news, but we'll just clear the air, okay? On the count of three, I want everybody to go, okay, you ready? One, two, three. Okay, here it is. In the next month, I want to I ask you and encourage you to make it a point to connect with someone inside the church with your family. I came up with a few ideas, but it doesn't have to be anything on this list. What if you took someone to lunch that was new that you've seen a few times not a guy with a girl, okay, if you're, but like a guy and a guy or a girl and a girl. Hey, tell me, you've been coming for a while. Tell me your story. Folks, that's not just the pastor's job. You can't grow the church and see people come to know Christ if the pastors are the only one doing that, right? We all get that. It takes all of us, amen? Amen? Okay, everybody's like, I don't know where he's going with this. Take him to lunch. Or maybe you don't want to take him to lunch. What if you found a way to get their number, even if you called the church and you talked to them on the phone, said, how's things going? Or maybe you know somebody in the church and you just haven't connected with them in a while. Now here's a crazy one, okay? This is totally crazy. If you connected with somebody and said, I know this is way out there. Hey, how can I pray for you? That's crazy, isn't it? I know, it's way out there. And maybe you would say, well, I, I don't really know people. Man, talk to one of the pastors. We can help you make a connection. How about this? Join a small group. Start a small group, right? Do something to foster fellowship with people. Folks, we need each other. We need the Lord, but we need each other. Amen? I shared this story in the first service. When I was in college at Mid-America, I was just getting ready to graduate and we didn't know where we were gonna move to and we went to this church called Ferguson for the weekend just to see how it was going and it went pretty well and we went to lunch with the pastor and he said, hey, you know, do whatever you wanna do but we'd like to offer you the job and thank you and we got in the car and went from St. Louis back to Kansas City and I look over and my wife's crying. I'm like, she didn't like this. I said, hey, what the... Uh, what are you crying about? She goes, you know we're going to come here. I said, honey, I don't know. We haven't even prayed about it yet. She goes, Kyle. I'm like, yes. Be honest. Because you know sometimes when it's hard to pray about something and you just know. Other times it's not like that. But we just kind of knew. And I didn't want to I didn't want to say that to her then because I was going to freak her out. But she looked at me and she's crying. And she goes, you know we're supposed to come here. And I go, how do you... I, I, yeah, I do. I said, well, if you know that, then why are you crying? She said, because I'm going to miss my family so much. We were there for six months, and most nights my wife was in tears. 
she, it's not that she didn't like the church, but she just was so, she is still close to her family. And I remember thinking, Lord, if you want me here, then give her a friend. <laughs> she needs a friend, right? And we begin to pray. And I be, I, we just talked about, I'm like, this isn't just apply to wit or me to all of us, but if we want a friend, we need to be what? We need to be a friend like, babe, maybe instead of waiting on other people, what if you took a step? And folks, within a week or so, God just kind of opened up the door and Bree and Becky came into Whitney's life. I share that because it's not just about that story. I share that for all of us today because we're sitting around and we're waiting on someone else to make the first step. You know, it's kind of like in a marriage where this one knows that, that they need to apologize and this one knows they need to apologize, but neither one's going first. What would happen if you would do something? You would take a step. You would make a connection. That's for students too. That's for kids. That's for adults. Folks, we are called to be connected to each other. That was God's plan and that was God's purpose. What if in the next month, or, or sooner. And this is for my introverted people, our introverted people. What if you were to take a step? We are not called to live alone. Last thing. You hear sometimes people say, well, I don't need to be part of the church to be a Christian. Some of you heard it too. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. The truth is, you don't have to be connected to the church to ask Jesus into your heart. We went to Kansas City last night to the symphony. I didn't think I was going to like it. It wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. I liked it. You know how we got there? We drove. Could I get to Kansas City by walking technically? I could. Don't know why you would, but you could. Why would you walk when you can drive? Folks, we can try to do this thing on our own with God, and, but the reality is that's not what God intended. He intended us to be connected. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Close your, head, close your eyes for just a second. Bow your heads if you would. Do you know somebody in our church that's isolated right now? Maybe you see them crying for help on social media, or maybe they haven't been here in a while, or, or maybe they're not as connected as they were. Maybe God's put it on your heart to, to reach out to them. Or maybe you're listening online or you're here today and you're the person that's in the isolation and you feel the Spirit right now saying, hey, you need to be connected. Could we just take 15 to 30 seconds and ask this question? God, who do you want me to connect to? Or God, how do you want me to connect? Who do you want me to connect to? Or how do you want me to connect? We'll just take just a second. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42, says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. And because of that, a deep sense of awe came over all of them all. 
And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. And they met in homes and for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. In verse 47, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, because of all of that... The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Get connected to Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus. Get connected to his people. And stay connected to his people. Don't talk about his people. Pray for his people. Encourage his people. Support his people. God is going to Build his kingdom through his people. Be his people. Have relationships with people that don't go to church. We need to. We need to develop relationships with them. But don't forsake the people in the church. Because we're going to be in heaven together, everyone. And we're called to help others come to know him. I'm not going to lie. This one was from my heart today. I can't overstress this enough. We need each other. Our district superintendent says it this way. We're better together. That's the truth. Let's stand together this morning.